Howdy there, everybody. Welcome back. Today is Skews Day, July 6th, 2021. I'm Trey Crowder, and that's Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? Nothing, Trey. Uh, before we get uh, started, I'm supposed to uh, say happy birthday to producer Matt's mom, uh, mm-hmm. mom producer Matt, whose name is Marilyn, and he wants to, us to tell you that he'll call you after the show. So that's, yes, uh, that's the lovely Marilyn. That. Happy birthday to you. You, you raised a good boy. A good, sweet boy you've raised, Marilyn. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. <laughs> um, so uh, as a present to us, Trey, let's talk. If you, I, I know I told you a little about this. So you heard about the Mongols versus the Proud Boys, right? Only from you, but please elaborate. All right. So there are a bunch of right-wing militia marches all over the, uh, the country over the weekend to celebrate July 4th, as you do. Um, we <laughs> saw some footage about a uh, Patriot front tried marching through Philadelphia and about 40 of those Nazi assholes got chased out by like three dudes. I think it was pretty funny watching them run down the street from like three guys. So that was really funny. <laughs> but uh, here in California, some proud boys were walking around trying to fight some Antifa to fight. And I don't know if they succeeded or not at that, but they did find a group of people who were mad at them. And one of the guys pulled the bat on this woman. Now the, his problem is she turned out to be the niece of an enforcer for the outlaw biker gang, the Mongols. Uh, so he put out basically a, uh, it's on site, <laughs> buddy, <laughs> that's like that classic plot point, you know, and like training day and other movies where it turns out it's like, well, turns out this, this person is a somebody, you know, it's yeah. connected classic, classic misstep there by the proud boys. So yeah, they're on the, they're on the hit list for the Mongols. I'm not yeah. normally into Mongol hit list as a general rule, but this one I can get behind. I look forward to these particular assaults. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, to quote a uh, 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 hopeful future friend of the show, L- rapper LP, uh, you don't go around flipping a stranger's f- switch because you, do, you don't know what's behind it, right? And <laughs> But I do like that they've been, like, they've been walking around cosplaying as a gang for like the last right. decade, and now they ran into an actual gang, and yeah. it's going to be a real fucking problem for them because – they they had this in their head that they're arch enemies Antifa and they just accidentally leveled up like a motherfucker because <laughs> yeah. the, the Mongols, unlike Antifa, do have weapons caches and a headquarters. So right. good luck, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Like I said, I look forward to this playing out. Uh hope you'll keep us updated on this Mongol uh yeah. rampage that hopefully they go on against the Proud Boys there. Um so let's get into it with us as always is producer Matt. This is weekly skews. First, I need to quickly let you all know as a reminder, I'm going back on tour soon with Corey Forster and Drew Morgan, the well-read comedy tour. You can go to wellreadcomedy.com and see where we're going and get your tickets. I've already seen some uh, comments over here saying people bought tickets. I appreciate that. Love y'all very much. And uh, if your city's not on there now, it doesn't mean it won't be. We're adding them every day and we're very much looking forward to it. So please come and see us. Okay. So, On tonight's show, we will discuss the uh, increasingly hellish conditions in the western U.S. as the region faces a way, uh, a stream of record-breaking heat waves that are ravaging the area. Could this be related to climate change at large? Republicans say, nah, probably not. For that conversation, we will be joined by our guest tonight, the Strategic Campaigns Director for the United Farm Workers of America, Elizabeth Strader, which we're looking forward to. We've also got a couple Trump dates for you, the latest on his legal woes, his spellbinding brain prowess, and also his plans for the future. And also some other equally silly shit as well on tonight's skews. But first, as always, we begin with the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. 
Tonight's DD, the good people behind the new MAGA social media app, Getter, for fundamentally misunderstanding the internet in seemingly every conceivable way. In case you missed it, a new pro-Trump app was launched over July 4th weekend, and they have faced a myriad of truly comical snafus, haven't they, Mark? Yeah, so first thing, less than 24 hours, they were hacked, and then they immediately denied being hacked, but then one of the hackers uh, reached out to a reporter and gave him his own contact, secret contact information and password back to him to prove they had hacked the site because the reporters had signed up for it to keep track of what was happening on there. So they got caught in that fucking lie immediately. But even worse than that, um, these sites are founded upon the idea that content moderation is inherently anti-First Amendment, right? You're supposed to be able to say all the Nazi shit you want on Twitter, right? right. That's what they want. Uh, so what has happened is uh, a bunch of people have gotten on there and f- filled it to the brim with Sonic the Hedgehog porn. Uh, <laughs> oh, God bless the cesspool that is the internet, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> here's, a, here's a quote from a story about it. Its slogan, the marketplace of ideas, suggests that an inexplicably fence-sitting centrist might find it appealing as well. And that's particularly true if they're into furry vor artwork and memes about Sonic the Hedgehog getting pregnant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty early on in the process, one of the primary users uh QAnon guy Jordan Sather or Sather, who has previously suggested people drink bleach to cure the Rona, said he t- he tweeted or gittered, whatever they do on Gitter, he put it out there, said shills are already hitting the QAnon hashtag on Gitter hard. <laughs> I I won't repost what I'm finding. Titties and bad words and stuff. So pretty upsetting, Mark. I got titties and bad words and stuff that people are throwing at him on the internet. Where if where can you go to be racist if not to, you know, the internet without being yeah. without having sonic porn and titties and bad words and stuff foisted upon you? Yeah, I just want all I want to do is find a, a nice, happy place to post uh, a World War II era anti Semitic propaganda. Instead, <laughs> I'm being inundated with, let's quote, let's uh, degenerate hentai, furry porn, leftist sonic memes, and stock photos of pudgy aged men in their underwear. So this is, <laughs> this is good, which I, like, I, I haven't been able to decipher what uh, 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 getter is supposed to even be short for. It's G-E-T-T-R, the last E-L, but it's just like get her, like it's an anti-Hillary Clinton website. Right, is that what it, I was going to ask you that. Is that the general consensus on that's what it, because like, dude. I'm fucking white trash redneck who came of age mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. I cannot help but put the word get her done, done yeah. at the yeah. end of the, I heard get her and I can't yeah. help but put done after it. But apparently the theory is that it it's a Hillary Clinton thing. Get her, get her is what it's supposed mm-hmm. to be, I guess. Yeah, I guess the, the, those are two of my, my two guesses. Uh, they haven't said what it's about, but another, they, they've also made themselves a, uh, the main current front in uh, Chinese uh, right-wing versus communist party uh, info wars. Because uh, it turns out this website is being, basically it was, it's, it's being funded by this Chinese expat billionaire who hates the communist party. He's a, these guys friends with, uh, friends with Steve Bannon. And uh, that's where they got their money from. So, But this is, apparently Getter existed as a Chinese propaganda site that the Chinese government didn't give a shit about. But then the minute they pivoted to English language propaganda, uh, turns out the people behind that hack are apparently the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> so I thought these people hated the Chinese Communist Party, Mark. They're like, that's like enemy yeah. number one, isn't it? 
For sure, but that's it was a right wing Chinese guy who funded it, and then the CCP hacked it, right? So like the, they're using they're using Steve Bannon and the Sonic meme people as like pawns <laughs> in this Chinese propaganda war. So this is the place, basically the place to be on the internet right now. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> another thing that another thing that's been very popular in these uh, early days of Gitter is people are because it all just started. Everybody's making their accounts at the same time. People are impersonating well-known conservative figures. You know, yeah. like, cause I don't know what kind of blue check situation they got going on, but apparently it's not that good. So like Brett Kavanaugh has a getter account and, you know, mm-hmm. I think maybe it is just him, but apparently the Brett Kavanaugh getter account is dedicated to enthusiastically sharing fetish images of a massive Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> treading on a hapless fursona. So it's like Sonic the Hedgehog sexually motion a fox with his feet or whatever. And that's. That's Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> uh, so they have, they have, yeah, they, they, I guess they forgot to block out Brett Kavanaugh. So they did try to block out major usernames. Like you try to sign up as real Donald Trump, you can't do it. That username's okay. claimed, even even though Trump is, because Jason Miller's whole profit motive was to get Trump on this website so people would sign up for it. But Trump immediately told him to fuck off because he'll start his own thing. So this website's already basically underwater and never going to make it. Uh, but <laughs> they, they did try to start doing content moderation, which is remember is the whole point of these websites right. is like they, is to be a passionate free speech. Right. But a bunch of the leftist users are getting kicked off for following claims that um, furry porn is protected under the First Amendment. So everyone's fucking stupid here. Furry porn is not protected by the First Amendment on private social media network, by the way. We can get around this. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. all right. Our first honorable mention, you said everybody's stupid here. You know who isn't stupid, guys? Former President Donald J. Trump. Not stupid at mm. all. In case mm-hmm. you've forgotten, he had exceptional marks on the highest brain test in the land to hear him say it. I believe we have a clip, Matt, play it. Still doing this. Hey, Ronnie, would you mind giving Joe a cognitive test? Uh, <laughs> President Sippy Cup, I don't know how well he's going to do, but anyway, I won't get you in trouble he with gave these comments. One, we, uh, we aced it. I think I can say that I aced it. Did, did he, get one, he didn't get one question wrong, did he? 30 out of 30. 30, out of 30. Wow. And they did get a little more difficult after you got by 15, I would say. But I I heard the. (laughs) So right after that, right there where it cut off, right after that, even Sean Hannity goes, yeah, I heard the first three questions on this test were like, is this a giraffe or an elephant? You know, so it's like even even Hannity is noting how insanely simple this test is. But Trump did say, hey, after 15, Mark. It got pretty complicated. I guess that's when he got into the camera man, journalist, you know, shit. Yeah. Well, later, later in the uh, later in the test is when he would have started sundowning. So I'm assuming that's what well, might have been the problem. But uh, the uh, yeah, the Ronnie he was talking to, by the way, is Ronnie Jackson. You might remember was the the uh, White House doctor who said he was like six seven and 210 pounds or whatever (laughs) and is now he got he got after he quit the white house to run for congress as a republican and the report came out that he was apparently drunken on pills uh on duty all day at the white house so that's that's the guy who gave him the cognitive test (laughs) uh and but in case you're wondering if his brain still works well enough to drag the country to hell again this is from the same interview ask where are you in the process of or have, let me ask you this, without giving the answer what the answer is, have you made up your mind? Yes. 
I think you got it right. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, not that it's surprising at all, but it certainly seems to me that, yeah, he's planning on running again. Is that your uh, your take on that? I mean, he he wants to give them hope. He's running again, so he can, he can raise money for the next three years. I bet is right. is at least the, at least the mindset. You never know what he. I mean, the guy lies uh, as a, as a uh, course of habit, but he is laying the groundwork. He's doing running around doing stuff like a candidate does. For example, uh, he went to Texas last week uh, to do appearance at the border with a bunch of Republican congressmen, and um, it definitely had that special Trump. We're getting the band back together feel to it. Check out the soundtrack for this uh, this border visit. This right. is this is this is the vanguard <laughs> of like the idea of like toxic American masculinity, and he right. always plays this like this right. disc. He loves he, he's a child of the seventies in New York, but he loves cocaine and disco, baby. Right, it was the it village people was his main thing for a long time. Like that was his yeah. band was the village people. You know, one of the more homoerotic acts in the history of music. <laughs> I feel like which is fine. That's fine, but it's a funny choice for the. Although I guess on the surface they are extremely manly, the village people. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're very, they're yeah, very, they're very love- manly. Construction yeah. worker, cop, you know, Indian, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? There's an Indian there, so yeah. you know, Warrior. Yeah, you yeah. can get it. He's the manliest yeah. president we've ever had, so it makes sense. L- later at that visit, we don't have the clip, but I did see it earlier. Uh, he uh, speaking of the village people, a reporter said, "Mr. President, are you sorry about January 6th? To which everyone else there booed the reporter, and then they drowned out further questions by blasting YMCA because. <laughs> Our glorious leader, he his favorite memory in life was catching the clap at Studio 54 in 1977, <laughs> and we're just all forced to endlessly relive it. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. What a fucking hellish existence we lead. Yeah. You know, the former president being asked about an actual coup attempt, and that's what happens. It gets drowned out by YMCA. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, the 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 America's one of America's top five anthems about anonymous uh, blowjobs in a rec center. Uh, yeah, yeah. These people have faith in him. Uh, maybe some misplaced faith. I'm not sure because our next yeah. um, honorable mention is actually Donald Trump still for being every random idiot's deadbeat dad. They can't count on this guy. It seems like Mark. We every week we've got a new story about the January sixth insurrectionist. <laughs> And yeah. here's what we've got this week. You throw up the screen grab there, Matt, if you have it. This, Yeah. So uh, after he was taken into custody Monday in Texas, Jerlina, one of these people, posted a video online in which he called himself a political prisoner. On the video, which has since been taken down, Jerlina said, quote, Donald Trump, please pay for my legal fees because this all happened because of you and I did nothing wrong. There you have it. <laughs> yeah. This is literally what they think. Like, we laugh so much at their how much they've self-incriminated this whole time. But, like, that's this, this is why, I think. Because in their heads, they're like, well, I did the right thing. And I did the right thing because our pres- my president told me to do that thing. So, yeah, what's going on here? I mean, they really do think that I was just following orders as, like... <laughs> 
<laughs> gonna get them off here. But uh, the the I was just watching earlier. The New York Times did a, a it's like a forty minute documentary they released last week called A Day of Rage, where they combined a bunch of different radio transmissions and all. They they got a bunch of like, um, what do you call it? the police cameras? Uh, I'm blanking right now. The uh, body cams. Yeah, they got a bunch of body cam footage and uh, all and gathered all the public, you know, uh, all the like ProPublica and uh, um, Bellingcat were compiling like open source stuff off Gab and all these different social media networks. And they pieced it all together into a narrative. And it's like, it's wild to watch because these guys, there's way more footage than you think of people walking to the Capitol, leaving Trump's speech, going, let's go storm the Capitol. Let's go. There's like a hundred <laughs> different guys say, let's go to storm the Capitol. And now they're going to say they, they just went in there, walked around when they were literally used to, like, that seems like a pretty clear declaration of intent. Storm doesn't have not violent implications, right? It's like right. storming the Bastille, storming Normandy beach. Um, but yeah. these guys, peaceful yeah. protesters don't tend to storm things. You don't storm no. things peacefully, generally no. speaking. No, you storming to me connotates like, like the football game version of it's like a beast mode. The, yeah, <laughs> like, right. It's like, it's not a nonviolent imagery. Uh, but these guys just cannot help uh, playing innocent. Like, here's a clip from last week. This guy got arrested or he's on the verge of getting arrested. And listen, perfectly innocent explanation. This guy on his porch, no shirt on. <laughs> I'm a documentarian. And, uh, you know, when, as like you guys, when you guys hear something, you guys show up as you do now and ask questions or record and see what happens. So that's, well, that's what I was doing there. <laughs> so there are photos of you reportedly kind of stomping on camera equipment and stuff. Is that you in that picture the FBI is putting out? Um, I would not like to comment on that at this time, but um, I'm working everything out with um, the courts and whatnot, and um, that's that. <laughs> every single week, every week, it's like we talk about just how comically over the top everything is that comes out about these people like why is why does he have to be shirtless because of course he does because that's just that's the reality that we're dealing with here like it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as cosmically hilarious if he wasn't shirtless you know so he's shirtless yeah and it's like it's like is that like it's like i'm just a documentarian was that you stopping on documentarian stopping on a camera it's, well yeah that's just a little friendly competition with my fellow documentarians how about to say, uh, dude, him use i'm a documentarian uh, in response to pictures of him stomping camera like destroying video equipment he's like well yeah i'm a documentarian and he has no shirt on it just yeah. never ends with this story it's unreal it, 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 you'll be you'll be shocked under, to to learn this guy doesn't have a lawyer yet. Uh, <laughs> the guy went on TV talking about the crimes he did. At least he was smart enough to decline to confirm whether that was him in those pictures. So that was a uh, that's a little bit smart because I'm gonna just reiterate this, guys. Get get a lawyer. Don't talk to cops. Cop comes pretend to be your friends. <laughs> uh, law and order should have taught us that at least. Dude, I know it's uh, like it's literally just the tone of someone's voice, and also this is a hell of a thing for me to say as someone with a southern accent. But it's like. I'm always shocked by how, if you remove context and you just listen to this guy speaking, how relatively not a dipshit he sounds like. Do you know, like, to me, these people are so stupid, it seems like, based on their actions, that I expect them to barely be able to string a sentence together. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's how dumb I would think they would be. And then you hear this guy talk, and it's just like, he just sounds like a regular guy, which I think is more frightening. Like... 
It's wild I mean, well, how dumb regular people be. You know? I mean, a lot of, the, but a lot of these people like, oh, like one of them was like ran her own aerospace company. Right, and stuff. I know. Yeah, like, they took private so, jets to do this shit. Yeah, like I, I, I think they got gassed up on their own supply. Adrenaline was running high, and being white's a hell of a drug. Like it just doesn't yeah. occur to you that you could go to prison for shit. It just like it's like it, like what, what I'm doing is okay. Because there's a lot of us, and we're all white, and the cops are white, and yada, yada, yada. It's going to work itself out. Yeah. And for the record, I'm not saying that, like, oh, stupid people do this type of thing. I'm saying in my head, it's like anyone who would do the type of shit that we've outlined that these people have done, I would think would have to be stupid. And apparently not all of them are, and that's just – that's wild to me. Well, the, the, the particular variety of stupid, getting back to the white being a white's a hell of a drug, is the guy talking to reporters and making more footage that is going to be used against them in court, probably. Um, yeah. Like, it's like judges don't look kindly on um, when you don't show contrition, right? So when it comes right. down for his bail hearing, it's the prosecutor going to say, not only is he not sorry, he was still lying about what he was doing there. So it's, yeah. 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 All right. Which one? What do you want to do now, Mark? Which one? Because I want to talk a we, little bit about the uh, the heat wave we go, stuff before we go, we, get we can go to the heat wave. Time. Yeah, let's go to the heat wave. You want to go there now? Okay. Yeah. So uh, you guys, our, we have, our guest tonight is going to be talking to issues related, labor issues related to the heat wave and climate change and so forth. Um, but before we get to that, let's talk about the heat wave itself because uh, you might have heard some stuff uh, about what is happening in the Pacific Northwest this week, last week, but it's crazy. The, the the numbers are insane. Like uh, Portland's average high, Portland's average high temperature of this period was 112 degrees, the hottest three day period on record by an astonishing six degrees. Uh, Seattle uh, had all back to back days as all time heat records: 108 in June 28th, after reaching 104 the day prior. In the previous 126 years, Seattle, Seattle only hit 100 degrees three times, but it reached that mark for three consecutive days this June. Um, <laughs> there were ten, like Canada was hotter than Vegas. Uh, yeah. like I, I, this shit's just fucking insane. There's no, there's and no precedent dude, for it. A lot it. of people, like a lot of people in this area have lived there their whole lives. They don't have like, like we're from the South. It's like everybody grows up with yeah. an air conditioner, hopefully, or most people yeah. do. But it's like, it's like when the South gets hit by a big snowstorm or something and it's a catastrophe and, and it's like, well, yeah, but we don't, we don't have the infrastructure for that. Cause we don't ever have to deal with that type of thing. It's sort of like that in reverse in the Pacific Northwest, when it comes to a massive heat wave like this, like they're not set up to handle this type of shit. A lot of people don't even have an air conditioner or whatever, because this almost never happens, you know? So, I mean, it's yeah. really fucking bad. Yeah. I mean, a hundred, like uh, I happened to be in Spokane this weekend for a wedding and it was only, it was down back down in the nineties and that was still pretty brutally hot because I didn't know this. I, cause I, I guess I'd never been that far North, but the sun doesn't set in Spokane to like 10 right. PM. Yeah. Right. So, uh, <laughs> there's, there's no, there's just, there's no escape from the sun basically. Yeah. Um, Producer Matt says fun fact, 44% of the Seattle Metro area has AC. So that, I mean, yeah, there you go. I mean, wow. the majority of people don't. Um, and dude, fucking 110 degrees. Like it gets up to 110 degrees here in, uh, Burbank in the Valley in Southern California in the summertime. And, you know, mm. it's a dry heat, but it's hot as fuck. And dealing with that with no air conditioner or whatever, whatever especially if you think about old people and shit like that, I literally don't know how people do it. And I mean, you know, some of them don't. People have died. <laughs> yeah. 
so far hundreds of people have died in the last week's heat wave and here's but here's the thing another one's about to hit like it's like they're having right. another wave of this uh, rolling into the northwest is supposed to start in like a day or two um uh orla uh, our guest just uh, dropped in the chat that uh, the oregon's governor just announced emergency heat protections for uh, going forward and by the way the, these death numbers don't like the Fires come later. The fires come after the heat wave, after all the right. drying's done, right? So, like, that's going to be a lot more damage and, and, and de de death and destruction. Um, and conservatives have started do, pivoting from denying, like, some, some of the bigger assholes still deny climate change, but they're already pivoting to either delay. We need to make changes, but, like, let's figure out the exact changes, what's not too expensive. And then here's this, uh, Dennis Prager runs this giant conservative propaganda site. It, it also funds some Charlie Kirk bullshit and stuff like that. Here's him uh, today saying probably one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my entire life. And yeah. Pure nihilism. If there's one, one piece I'd like you to read from the year 2021, it's Bjorn Lomborg's piece that just came out in, in the L.A. Times, amazingly. No, no, USA Today, amazingly. And how... So many fewer people are dying because of climate than ever before. Because the, the great killer is cold, not heat. So global warming has actually been saving lives. But the left doesn't care about saving lives. All right. <laughs> you know, first of all, after that, he then said the left doesn't care about this because of the like, I don't I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like because of this, the meaningless existence that all godless people live. <laughs> Essentially, it's like, they don't give a fuck about this because they don't believe in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's why they don't care about the fact that global warming is saving lives. He says. I mean, personally, my existence is meaningless, but you have kids, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, it, it's insanely like, like it, Democrats are being. It's like, first of all, let me backtrack. Why that's dumb, like, sure, people freeze to death. But we're talking about massive disruptions in global food supply chain. Yeah. Like, you you cannot right. just move north and start growing grapefruits right. it's in not just British that, Columbia. Like, it's a little hotter in place. Yes. Like, that's not yeah. what climate change is. It's so much fucking more than that. Yeah, fish like, are dying. And then completely. Fish die, then everything that eats fish died, and so on and so on. It's like it's like these are, these are giant systemic collapses that we need to figure out a way to like uh, reverse, or we're all going to be screwed and picked in ways that are much more damaging than having to live through three days of brutal heat with no air conditioning, even if it, it does kill a lot of people. Um, and so, you know, two other big environmental things happened this week. First one was the ocean caught fire. If you haven't seen this video? It's it's it, it's insane. absolutely insane. Insane. Yeah, Matt's yeah. got a screen grab of it. That's in the middle of the ocean. It looks like fucking Ragnarok. Yes. A gateway, a portal to hell. It is insane. Um, because yeah. a natural gas pipeline uh, there ruptured or whatever. And so you have yeah. this hellfire. The other thing that's sort of the funny version of evil that happened this week is uh, Greenpeace pretended to be some headhunters from like a like a big corporate consulting firm who are trying to hire these lobbyists for Exxon away from their jobs. So interview them on how good they are at doing evil, and they gladly oblige. One guy, um, the guy we're going to look at hear video clips from, uh, was is the congressional lobbyist. They also got their White House lobbyist on video. But uh, check out these the, the 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 banality of evil in these fucking clips. Oh, Matt doesn't have the clips. Oh, okay. He tells that. Sorry. But the guy, he says, um, he basically he, just straight up admits 
we just say we want a carbon tax because it's a, quote, nice advocacy effort, but that's literally never going to happen. Um, yes. He just he also says there like, you know, this is how we yeah. operate. Did, did we lie about the science? Yes. yes. Is it illegal? No. Uh, he <laughs> talks about how like their, their, their biggest heavy hitters in Congress are Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema and they're working on them real hard, right? Um, he talks about like, it's, it's like, of course he's talking himself up, but like the, the way he says like, oh, Exxon could be a pro-carbon tax because it's not going to happen because we, we can be for it because you pay congressmen to be against it, basically. It's like, it's greenwashing. It's it never, right. you never, you never hear them say openly, we are greenwashing. That was like, that was a term come up with by environmentalists. Um, and you'd think that an actual opposition party could take all these things happening at the same time, the heat wave in the Pacific Northwest, the collapsing in infrastructure, they're debating right. an infrastructure and climate change bill right now. Right. Roads were buckling and, and electricity cables were popping in, 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 uh, uh, in the Northwest. Um, you could roll, you could bring these Exxon dudes in to testify in front of Congress and a bunch of other Exxon execs. You could embarrass the shit out of these people and build right. public momentum to pass this bill. Are they doing any of that? No. Rokana is trying. There's a few congressmen who are trying. I'm sure uh, like the, the, the squad people are trying or whatever, but like it, the, the, there's no momentum for any, for any sort of effort to confront this shit. And uh, everyone who's under 90, meaning everyone who's not in Congress is going to be as fucked by this, but the old right. rich people don't care. Yeah. That's what's so yeah. infuriating. If you're on the left in this country is like the leadership, they get, they seemingly, they get these great cards to play just thrown into their laps, but then just don't, they just fold. They just don't mm -hmm. play them for whatever yeah. reason. But all right, to continue this discussion, let's get our guest out here. Our guest tonight grew up on a Midwestern farm and understands the realities of hard work and the complexities of rural organizing. She is now the director of strategic campaigns for United Farm Workers after spending her career in progressive political and labor organizing. She met her wife on the picket line. Everybody, our guest tonight elizabeth strader elizabeth hey how you cheers. doing doing cheers good. thank you for joining us <laughs> happy big hot um, summer here we yeah. are <laughs> so all right there's a recent piece in vice outlining a lot of these uh conditions being faced by agricultural workers in the midst of this heat wave and in the middle of that you are quoted uh, talking about it, talking about how horrific they really are. And as opposed to just reading some of your quotes, could you, uh, you know, just elaborate on what the working conditions are like for uh, agricultural workers amidst this heat wave right now? Well, I mean, particularly in the Pacific Northwest, you know, we're talking about folks that are not. Um, and, and when I say folks, I guess at first I'm going to be specific. So the bosses and the and the and the supervisors and the crew leaders and things like that are not used to these temperatures, even if the workers are. So and they really don't recognize, you know, they don't understand the difference between 90 and, and 110. It's unheard of up there. And the the timing really could not have been worse for the Pacific Northwest, particularly in Washington. We're really watching into um, cheap, uh, the uh, peak cherry season, which is one of the most incredible labor scrambles imaginable. So, you know, you're, you're looking at the, at a place that's not used to 110, it's 110, 115, 120. Um, it's all hands on deck as far as the scramble to get the labor in and particularly with farm workers. And this isn't unique to the cherries, but um, you know, farm workers, you know, as everyone probably knows the, you know, they're exempt from a good portion of our federal labor laws. They were exempt yeah. 1930s from the Fair Labor Standards Act, the National Labor Relations Act. So, you know, this is already, you know, a category of worker that's someone in the 1930s, you know, accepted that they were less than, and that, that continues to be the case. 
Um, so they're working for piece rate. They're not working for hourly. They're working for piece rate, which means that they've got just, you know, an incredible um, pressure to place the, the you know, to, to keep working as quickly as they can, not to take breaks, not to take, uh, you know, adequate hydration. And it's really hard to stay hydrated, even if you're trying at those temperatures. Um, but, you know, if you're adequately hydrated and you have to, you know, and you're working on ladders and you're working for piece rate, you know, it, like if you take a bathroom break, that's money out of your pocket. Right. Yeah. Um, so you said, uh, it, you said, hey, it's all hands on deck because it's peak cherry season. And also they're exempt from all these uh, labor standards, which means specifically that there are people up here. Um, you have 12 year olds, right? And elder, literal children and elderly people out there working right now. Yeah. So it's, it's um, you know, there's also a lot of blueberry harvest going on. In the blueberries, it's legal for the 12-year-olds to be working. In the cherries, it's not, but that doesn't mean we don't see it. And it doesn't mean we don't see kids younger than 12 either. Um, because, you know, even, even when we're talking about being excluded from the Fair Labor Standards Act, like, I mean, that's everything. That's your minimum wage, your overtime, your, yeah. uh, you know, and, and the child labor laws, too. And we, and we, we had workers say over and over this year, um, you know, there's just more kids in the field than usual. There's more kids out here than usual. <laughs> And, 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 and you get it like i get it it's not about the families it's not about the choice those those families are damned if they do and they're damned if they don't especially when it's 120 degrees your boss is leaning on you like you've never been leaned on and uh all of a sudden now they're asking you to to call in you got to come into work at 2 a.m there's no child care yeah so, I, I feel like i feel like a lot of people i mean me included we talk about like child labor and and sweatshops or that type of thing you think about like you know other countries they're over there making iphones or whatever and people don't think about 12 year olds picking cherries in 110 degree heat in this country you know i have a son who's about to turn 10 soon and it's insane to me thinking about him waking up at 3 4 a.m and going out there and picking cherries in that level of heat and it's really dangerous obviously right and like we yeah. mentioned earlier like people i mean people are literally dying you know like do you have any kind of numbers on that or like how bad how bad is this it's it's really tough to under to to get a, your mind around uh the fact that people are you know there have not been any reports formally uh you know formally reported to um to l and i and what labor and industries in washington state for heat illness uh or for heat related fatalities and zero is a number that i just i am deeply suspicious of truly yeah. truly um, and, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, you know, just in the last, you know, just just today, this afternoon, um, Oregon, um, the Oregon governor uh, announced, uh, you know, she's ordering Oregon OSHA to enact to take emergency action and issue rule and enter into rulemaking, which is your worker protection rules, the health and safety rules. They're, they're binding enforceable laws that set out what an employer has to do. But I mean, we've been screaming for this for so long. And in Oregon, you know, at least at least one worker in our community uh, was killed by the heat in a nursery. Um, he was uh, he was irrigating shade trees, and uh, oh, wow. died from a lack of shade. Yeah, that's a <coughs> horrific irony right there. Yeah. Well, thoughts. Uh, yeah, I, like there's a general. 
there's that old like uh, uh, quote, you know, Martin Luther King quote, the arc of uh, history long, but it bends towards justice. And like, we have this general idea that things are getting better, but like label law wise, it's kind of not. The last few decades have been like trending consistently worse. Is that is, or that's just my takeaway? Is that how you guys feel in the front lines of labor organizing? I think that I think that there's a lot of I think there's a lot of righteous fights being fought. Um, I think that there are you know there. Are, the, the people that are, are, are the most vulnerable, the progress is always going to be slowest for them. Uh, you know, but just thinking about, you know, it took us however many decades fighting in California to get any kind of uh, heat protection standard for farm workers. Um, now we have bills introduced in both the House and the Senate for a federal heat protection, which is what we really need. Because when workers, especially are migrant, you move from state to state, the rules are different. Sometimes they're living in Arizona and being transported across the state line of work in California with like, it's not good enough to have one state, one state, one state, one state. Um, first of all, it's exhausting. Uh, but you know, secondly, you really can't educate and empower workers to stand up for their rights. If it changes every time they cross the state line. So we need that federal standard. We've got it in California now and real bare basics. We're talking bare basics. These rules that we set up, you know, when we, we sort of have really demanded a bare minimum and that bare minimum is based on what the military has determined is the bare minimum to keep soldiers alive in extreme situations. It's really it. Cool water, wow. breaks, shade to take the break in. And, and there's opposition. There yeah. obviously there's opposition oh, to that. Life. And is that all? I mean, I'm assuming as with everything, that's all just that's profit motivated because all of that means less money for them. Yeah, yeah, we got Farm Bureau saying, oh, it's nanny state. This isn't a work site issue. You're just trying to make everybody like take a break when they're out in the heat. It's, this isn't. This shouldn't be a workplace thing. Why should that be our job? They should know when they should take a break. You know, and yeah. Um. I I worked a uh, construction. When I was in college, and I remember it was like being like ninety eight in Virginia, and being because there's not shade because you're cutting down trees and moving dirt, right? So like I'm covered in dirt and almost dead at the end of the day, and I'm nineteen, right? And I'm only to do that for like two months. I so I, can't, I just can't like imagine the misery. Just like, ugh. God, it yeah. sounds rough. And, and we're calling for these rules for all outdoor workers. We're not trying to single out agriculture on this. Anybody who's working outside in the heat and in the sun, you know, exposed to the elements should have these protections. I did talk to one kid. Actually, he's also 19. He, he, he um, you know, I, I checked in with them. He worked at, he used to work at the same nursery, um, you know, where the worker was killed in Oregon. And he, he now works as an excavator. And he said, I just can't believe. I mean, I'm not saying it's not really brutal hard work still, but I just don't feel, I don't feel like I'm totally treated not like a human, like I am when I was working in the farm, in the fields. It it, it feels different. He's like, I don't know why that is, but it does. Well, yeah. Mark, you want to get into that Supreme Court? Uh, I don't want to put you on, like there's a big case came down a couple weeks ago that is directly sort of about related to your organization, like Cedar Point Nursery versus a seed. I know you're not legal affairs or whatever. So if you, uh, I, I just wondered if you had any sort of takeaway. If, if you guys don't know, basically what they found is like California, California farm worker labor organizers cannot go on to properties anymore to, to inform people about their rights and not organized. And they were, I guess the law said, uh, your organization, one of the co-founders was Cesar Chavez. If you, you can correct me if I'm wrong about that, but he fought for this law that basically for three hours a day, 120 days a year, uh, your organization can go in and, and tell people what their rights are and how to join the farm workers union. Is that, is that, it was, it was something like that. Right. And the Supreme court just said that, that it, 
I won't go through the bullshit legal reasoning. There's an episode of Five Four Pod, which is a good law legal podcast that broke it down. But it was just it's totally bad shit reasoning just to get rid of the law because it's unfair to employers, I guess, for that to happen. Um, and it, it, do you guys feel like it's going to be a big setback for you, or it, it, is it just something just another just another yeah. another front to fight on? It's it's funny. Um, they didn't just determine that we can't do it. They determined that it's a taking, that it constitutes a taking, that we're actually um, financially taking something away from them by accessing the property. And you know, we didn't expect. You know, once we once we knew that this was going to be tried, and and we knew what the court looked like. You know, we're we're pragmatic and and reasonable people. We we knew that it was just a matter of how bad we were going to lose. But I'll I'll tell you. I mean, I was ready for it, but it was still a gut punch reading that reading. Because that rule, because not only did it constitute a taking, how are we financially harming them? Unless it means that, you know, it's considered a taking to have any action that results in you having to pay your workers a higher wage or, you know, but the language in the ruling was super racist too. It was just really invasion. You know, there's people going to be invading and and overrunning our properties and things like that. And it was really narrow to begin with. We didn't actually, you know, in the, in the several years previous, to 2020, we used it very infrequently, a few times a year, maybe. Um, in 2020, we used a little bit more because we were actually really, between the heat and the, and the pandemic and the wildfire smoke, like we were really, really terrified about the quality of life that these people were having and if the working conditions were gonna kill them. But, um, you know, it it's funny because we've always, progress is always slowest for the people that are the most vulnerable. This is just one more example. We do have tools that we didn't have 20 years ago, but what people don't understand, I think sometimes is that a lot of these workers, it's not like, it's not like you're at the steel mill. It's not like they're a nursing home worker where you can, you can do home visits. You can wait till the shift change. You can be, you know, just off the property line. These are workers that are living on their employer's property. They are working on their employer property and they are being transported from place to place in employer vehicles. These are people that are almost entirely working in pretty significant isolation. So it, it really isn't a matter of, uh, you know, waiting for the shift change and then you're going to uh, fall them out once they leave the parking lot. It, it, it's not like that in some of these work sites. And, um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, um, you know, we'll let's keep doing what we're doing. And we've, we've never been a, never been a business model union. We've always been in that place between a, between a movement and a union. So, um, si se puede, right? Right. So, yeah. uh, kind of on that note, I wanted to uh, pivot a little bit cause I definitely wanted to make, uh, take a chance to ask you about this. You, you're, you're, you work in this field on the West coast, right? And mm-hmm. Mark and I are both, uh, rural Americans or rural expats, whatever you call it from, he's from uh, Virginia, I'm from Tennessee. And you, you know, you've spent a career in progressive political and labor organizing and whatnot. And we talk a lot on the show about the struggles with that when it comes to rural America, but it's limited in our experience to, you know, the South basically. And I know what that's like. And I think also a lot of people, when they think about rural America, they think about the South or the Midwest, you know what I mean? And I'm wondering uh, if you could just talk a little bit about what that's like on the West Coast, like the struggles you face, how that's gone, things like that. Oh, apparently we lost Elizabeth. So uh, yeah. never mind. we'll see if she comes back in just a second. Um, we can feel time here. Oh, she's back. Elizabeth's back. Yeah. 
All right. No, it's fine. So I don't know. I was just saying Mark and I are both from the rural south, basically. We, we, we have we have tech issues like the, the, this. This is a very simple tech issue week. for us. So yeah. don't. <laughs> uh, very on brand for this show. But we yeah. are we know about, you know, rural progressivism I, in the I south, think, basically. Me, I'm just wondering what it's like you know, on the West Coast, having worked in it for so long, yeah. like what that experience has been like, what the struggles are, how that how that goes for you? <laughs> well, I mean, I grew I grew up in Michigan. So, um, you know, I, I, I really, there are differences, certainly. Um, but even, you know, if you look at, at the difference between, I spent a tremendous amount of my time and energy in the Pacific Northwest. I'm based in California. And, you know, they're very, very different turf. Um, you're, there, there is so much more community structure for farm workers specifically um, and for um, undocumented, um, you know, folks and for folks that are, um, you know, monolingual Spanish speakers in California, there's so much more uh, resources for them and so much more just sort of right. a civic awareness as opposed to somewhere like the Pacific Northwest, which really does feel a little bit more like the Midwest. It's a little bit more. There's just a, a, an additional step of that isolation. Right. So, you know, it, and, and there's completely, there's really similar, there's really similar issues, you know, faced by farm workers no matter where they work, whether it's Michigan, whether it's Florida, whether it's Alabama. I do find a tremendous amount of difference in the Western United States as opposed to, um, uh, you know, places like, uh, like Florida, for example, or Alabama, as far as there's a political will um, that you at least feel like you can get a toehold. Uh, in yeah. in Washington, in Oregon, you can shame those folks, and it's pretty hard to shame some of the folks in those in, in the southeast. <laughs> Boy, ain't that the it truth? Uh, I remember tough. a few years back, Alabama. I mean, it, hell, this has probably been like ten years ago now. Alabama passed some like really stringent new anti-immigration laws, and then that year in the the harvest season that year, they had like record-breaking losses in their crops and stuff, just like catastrophic effects because they couldn't get other Alabamians, Alabamans, whatever, to to do those jobs, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I mean, all, all of this sort of exploitation uh, of farm workers, like, we don't need to be coy about it. It's, I mean, first of all, this shit's intentional. Um, as much as they can get people to turn on each other and 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 turn you know fight against each other, we're gonna um, you know it's, it's just a, another tool to uphold white supremacy. Um, yeah. But their documentation, farm workers' documentation says that's, that's not that that is at the intersection of every single other harm that they're more vulnerable to. And you know we've worked really hard um, with United Farm Workers and a number a number of our allies. Um, you know we've come together. We've, we've, it's a, the bill's already passed the. Um, it's already passed the house. We're waiting for some waiting for a little bit more courage in the Senate, but uh, it's, it's called the farm workforce modernization act. It's been, there's really tough compromises between behind this bill, but at the end of the day, what it creates is it would immediately create an accelerated uh, path to legal uh, immediate legal status and a path to citizenship uh, for farm workers that are here undocumented right now and their families. Did we have to make a lot of compromises on that bill? Yes. But not a whole lot of people passed a bill that was signed by both Devin Nunez and AOC last year. So, for sure. Well, sort of on that note, uh, before we get out of here, just anything else that you would like people to know in terms of you know raising awareness, or also how people can help, how they could support the cause, and that type of thing. If you want to know a whole lot more about what it looks like to feed this country, you can uh, you know you'll find us on our social media channels. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. 
uh, or especially on Twitter, uh, our, you know, our, our hashtag that we, that we use with any of these sort of visual humanization, show you what that labor looks like is hashtag we feed you. Hashtag we feed you. So if people want to uh, donate, how, how do you go about that? Oh, believe me, um, I'm out there on that hashtag like this, saying, here's where you can send an email and sign a petition, but also the money is in here. Okay, cool. So I want to I want to say one of the things I thank you, Elizabeth, like our role in this, whatever this this is, is just to sit around and complain a lot. So it's nice yes. to hear someone who's just uh, who's a happy warrior and thinks that yes. progress can be made. Who it's does very stuff. nice. Me and Mark are yeah. huge, appre- yeah. uh, huge appreciation of people <laughs> who do things because we just talk shit and run our mouths. So <laughs> yeah. I do plenty of that, too. Things. Plenty of that, too. It's 24 hours <laughs> in the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you very right. much. We appreciate Take care. it. Thanks, All right. Elizabeth Strader, everybody. All right, Matt, we can get into questions and comments now. I want to say it's kind of sort of on the subject. Mark, if you saw that Fox News is starting Fox Weather, what do you think about that? Uh, I guess they wanted to be able to literally tell people, uh, piss on people's leg and tell them it's raining. Is yeah, all my only takeaway that's right. That. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess we have to talk, like, uh, my takeaway was that, like, they're trying, they, they're, they're, their brand's sort of suffering on the news side a little bit especially with Trump, like turning against them. Yeah. They, they, got, they, they got villainized by their own people for a while there. They became yeah. MSNBC <laughs> basically. Yeah. So I guess they're trying to use the brand to pivot to the only other kind of programming that old people like. Exactly. Um, I thought, yeah. I wondered the same thing. Like, are there, is their viewership getting, you know, so old now that it's like, well, we got to pivot into weather. Listen, yeah. we're, you know, if our, if our primary demographic is going to be this fucking old, we got to get into the weather market. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mary Whalen says yeah. Fox weather is going to need a lot of Sharpies. <laughs> yes. I like that. That's funny. Uh, Matt did want us to mention that there's a spurking news story tonight that uh, uh, turn, looks like a uh, cozy bear. The, the Russian uh, uh, ops group that hacked the DNC has also hacked the RNC recently, which is extremely funny to me. Um, They're just, it's all about chaos for them. Isn't it? Discord yeah. and just like, uh, divisiveness like that's really what they're yeah. about the rush it's yeah. not it's not partisan it's not partisan in american terms it's just no. about driving a wedge between the two sides like they'll fuck with both sides they, they do have more cultural affinity for republicans because they are you know are russia's white supremacist and has turned old school orthodox religious they read they legalize spousal abuse and shit and beat their kids so there is a certain section of the republican party that loves them but by and large, uh, anybody who thinks that Russia was all about helping Republicans is a fucking sucker. Um, right. Cause it's just like, like it's, it's such, it's such, it's not even Sun Tzu shit. It's like you hack the DNC when the Republicans are in charge, Democrats get mad at Republicans, but right. you hack the RNC and then they can, people can, they can get mad at Biden for not doing enough to protect them. Meanwhile, there's always ransomware attacks. It's just fucking general hamburger chaos shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. Katrina Taylor says it's to downplay climate change. Yeah, I also wondered that if it would be a straight up the climate change <clears throat> denial network, you know, like how propagandized is it going to be? And I'm assuming probably quite a bit. But, but yeah, you but were well, saying earlier, like even a lot of them have started started to pivot a little bit from straight up denial and trying to like otherwise rationalize it or justify it or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how long a weather channel is going to be able to, because it's like you can't tell people it's 65 outside when it's 96. You know, they're going to notice. But then again, who knows? I don't know. I don't know, though. <laughs> you think that's true? Like, I, like, 
yeah, I don't know how much I believe that. Like that they <laughs> like that Fox weather with the Fox News cohort, you know, that they could just tell them, hey, it's sunny in 72, baby, when the world's on fire. And they'll be like, yeah, it's sunny in 72. (laughs) So they spent, this is the, the, so the U.S. Women's National Team for soccer was playing in Canada. And there was a viral thing that that their uh, reactionaries got mad at where, so the guy playing the National Anthem was a, for the American National Anthem was a 90-something-year-old World War II vet. Played the harmonica, did a great job. The flag was in the opposite direction. So the players are confused about whether to look at the guy playing or the flag. <laughs> and so half of them did one and half of them did the other. So the first half of the day, they're like, they turn away from this veteran oh playing the national God. anthem. And then when they're like, no, we're looking at the flag, stupid. They go like, uh, they turned away from this veteran playing. The <laughs> right. And so it's like they had it both ways. And then they did a segment this afternoon. They reported that the story was false. And then they go, then the, but, but one of their commentators goes, but it just feels like it's true, doesn't it? And they yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I hadn't seen that. That is such a perfect like snapshot of yeah. the landscape right now, especially where all that shit is concerned, like with, you know, the flag and kneeling and the thing or whatever else and, and supporting the troops and whatever. It's like, what do you do? I mean, if I was in those athletes' shoes in that situation, I don't know what I would do either because I would be thinking like, I can't turn my back on this veteran. I got to support this troop. This is a troop right here needs my support. I got to support this troop. I mean, and then think, there's think, the flag. What do you do? Think about how hollow it is to compare like, like, like Elizabeth, our guest is trying to help people survive and get water and food. And then they're trying to make people mad about a non-existent flag scandal. Like it's like all the guys, fuck it's, it's really depressing that that's like, let's have, let's, yeah, you know, that a third of America, theory, man, yeah, they, yeah. they tie together. They tie those two things together. Anna yeah. LA from YouTube says they're going to get their own scientist on Fox weather to explain how climate change is God's will and not man caused. God wants to raise the sea level because he thinks that we all deserve yachts, which would be very sweet of him. Clay, uh, Clever Lil Vixen, oh, 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 Clever Lil Vixen on YouTube says, Fox Weather, quote, blame gay marriage. We will. <laughs> yeah. Gay marriage yeah. causes hurricanes. Everybody knows it. Yeah. They haven't really tried that in a while. They did know somebody did say COVID-19 was punishment for America turned away from God, which I don't know why they would still punish the Vatican or whatever, but there we go. Uh, Elizabeth Strider, who's still hanging out with us in the green room over here, says she apparently went to the Kentucky uh Arc I've, that museum I've been there. That says I've been there with Jesus on the dot. You went to that, the creation thought, museum. Yeah, I thought I'd show you the picture of me standing next to the triceratops with the saddle on it. Uh, uh maybe. Oh, I think you did. Uh, please elaborate a little bit. Like, oh, it's it's really it's like a it, first of all, this is a multi like a hundred million dollar facility paid for by I think by the taxpayers of Kentucky. I know it was so, at least partially paid for by the taxpayers because yeah. I remember when that happened. Elizabeth says she thought it would be funny and it wasn't. What's your take, Mark? Uh, I had some laughs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's basically a giant diorama of the Garden of Eden, and it says like it's like Adam and Eve petting penguins and t- and velociraptors. And, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of other stuff on there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's, it is exactly what you think it is. And they built a giant model of the Ark next door, too, so you can walk through the Ark if you want. Well, I don't know how they decided. tops with a saddle on it. Like, it's just so, just so on the nose. I mean, if the Earth was 4,000 years old, that's just basically just like your great, great, great granddad. You don't think he'd, he'd try to race the Triceratops? Come on. 
But I thought Triceratops, I thought that dinosaurs were alive, uh, that the bones were planted there by Satan to trick us all into thinking dinosaurs existed. I didn't think you they know, actually existed at the time of Adam and Eve. Science, you know? That's what our I best thought. scientists still disagree about those two hypotheses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Not believing in dinosaurs. That's the fun shit. Justin Goldberg on YouTube says, shit, I'd ride a dinosaur. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, and uh, Avant from Facebook says, come on, dudes. Shikari Richardson. Shikari would be U.S. Olympian who's been disqualified for smoking weed. Uh, and I <clears throat> tweeted about it when it happened that Robin Williams, the late, great Robin Williams, literally had a bit on what I think was his last hour-long stand-up special, which came out like 20 years ago, all about making fun of how stupid it is to suggest that weed is a performance-enhancing drug. Because I guess this had happened with some snowboarder or something 20 years ago, and he yeah. was talking about how absurd that is. And I just can't believe that 20 years later, 20 years of states legalizing it and all that shit and the general growing acceptance of cannabis in the, you know, in the zeitgeist, 20 years of that later, this is still fucking happening. It blows my mind how stupid that is. I bet. I mean, I bet it does help with pain management to get a good night's sleep the night before a race. I wouldn't. I wouldn't smoke it because the lung capacity. But I, but there's probably. But but like, who cares? Don't you want the athletes to not be in pain and to get a good night's sleep before the race? I don't. I don't like. I don't. I don't say that's I'm cheating. sure they have methods they can use legally to manage pain and soreness. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure they have things that are approved they can do. So it's not like. So that should also be fine. But nobody's like I'm, blazing I mean, there are up people- and then running faster. You know, there have been people get popped for Tylenol PM before, so I don't like. Oh, I, I, okay. Well, maybe I, not. I think this is all like this. The the, the international testing regimen, the, do, the Olympic doping stuff, is like incredibly stupid. And like, like there were two other women that got kicked off the team for having for testing for high testosterone. Not that anyone thought it was unnatural, but I'm not talking about trans athletes here or anything like that. They just like women with who were having a high testosterone level as an athlete there's the word one of the words for that is having a god-given talent i was about like, to say are you like so serious so like it you're just you were you you're too naturally gifted for this like that's what they ruled like no yeah. you're too it's unfair how good you are at this yeah. so you're out now Sha- um, shaquille o'neal's thyroid is too powerful he's got to be banned for the olympics right um, that's ridiculous brandy ray sheffy from facebook says let's just cancel the olympics altogether you know it's funny yes. too because like yes I'm yes pretty sure, correct me if i'm wrong mark but like they don't they pretty much all it's always like a like it's a money pit for whatever city ends up hosting it like it ends up being a nightmare usually for them and people still line up to do it it's like it it's just a, ends up being a big clusterfuck every time anyway go look at what, what what's going on with the with the brazilian olympic facilities right now i like all, basically it's a way to use nationalism to trick your taxpayers into giving a bunch of money to various corporations right in the process you level a bunch of poor people's housing the olympics <laughs> yeah. are fucking shitty like we gotta we haven't the, the, they're coming to LA in like in like eight years, and there's so many organizing groups here trying to stop it because it's just like a nightmare for city infrastructure, and like it, it puts a bunch of money in the wrong people's pockets. And uh, there's got to be a way to do an international sports competition that isn't such a travesty. And yeah, and I tell you what, it ain't. It ain't the World Cup because uh, it's yeah. it's just as nightmarish. Scotty Lewis from Facebook says. I never enter a professional knife juggling competition without smoking a joint first. I like that, Scotty. Good on you. A man after my own heart. Um, Mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, thank you all for joining us, and thank you to Elizabeth for being our guest tonight. Also, Thanks, yes, thank you, Matt. Jesus Christ, Lord, thank goodness for Matt. Come see me on tour, please. The Well Read Comedy Tour. Go to wellreadcomedy.com. Get your tickets and information right now. I sure would appreciate it. Were, were you about to say something, Mark? No, no. I was no. Uh, Yeah, sorry. <laughs> We've said enough. Thank you all very much. We love you. See you next week. See you. Bye. Skew.